let's go. G'day and welcome back to Two Red Chairs. This is Frank, your host, as always. And today we are at episode 29 with a fellow designer of mine, a fellow branding designer, logo designer, all the way from Puerto Rico. I've never connected with a a Puerto Rican before in a conversation like this, in a podcast especially, um, or on a Zoom call for that matter. Um, but I was lucky enough to sit down with Waldemar in the two red chairs and, uh, and chat about a particular story that he had in his own design process to help his clients uh, get to the goal of having you know one logo. And previous to that, obviously, like many of us, potentially, um, we presented several different logo options, maybe two, three, more, who knows, Um and be met with uncertainty, some confusion, too much choice, um, too many options, you know, it, it boggles the mind. What Waldemar's done is realize that one option is the way to go, and like him, like myself, like many others, we've all found it to be a, a way that has taken away that confusion. It, it's directed our clients to see one option based on a multitude of different things that we you know do to get there um, and help our clients see you know the way forward but also see that you know we're a trusted expert in what it is we do rather than someone that just comes up with a few different things and says what do you think and leave you know the whole onus on our clients this is a process that many have found some success in and personally I have too just like Voldemar has so I'm going to be back at the end of the conversation, as always, to uh, let you know how to get in contact with Waldemar. But I want to sh- share his story here as soon as possible. And uh, so here is my chat with Waldemar. Uh, uh, I have today here um, someone that I've, I've actually never spoken to someone from Puerto Rico before. Um, Waldemar here is all the way from Puerto Rico and I'm so glad that I connected with him of all places on this new format clubhouse and I he was asking about my podcasts and I said look I would love to have you on if you have a story to share and lo and behold he had one that I can definitely relate to so without getting into his story here Waldemar welcome to two red chairs you're sitting in this proverbial red chair that I keep talking about even though I'm not really sitting in one Welcome to the show, mate. Uh, can you, before we get into your story, tell us who you are, where you're from, even though I've kind of covered it. You can maybe get a bit more specific of where in Puerto Rico, if you like, and uh, how long you've been doing what it is you do now as a designer. Yeah, thank you for having me. And um, yeah, I'm from Puerto Rico, as we already said. We, I'm specifically from San Juan, which is the capital of Puerto Rico. And um, yeah, how long have I, have I been doing this? I've been doing this like this logo design and branding for like maybe five to seven years um and um and i run parallelly a a wedding in wedding branding business but that's that doesn't have to to do anything with this but yeah I, I, i've been doing branding from like five to seven years yeah 
Nice one. Nice one. And still leveling up, still kind of enjoying it, still finding, you know, value out of helping others, I'm assuming. Yes, definitely. Like sharing stories, trying to help. I was just on a clubhouse call right now talking about the process of level design specifically. Nice. Nice. For for other with other logo designers or for um, business owners? With other logo designers, like they, they were they were nice. sharing like their process and the similarities and differences. Amazing. Amazing. It's always good to chat with fellow peers in this space. And there's there's so much opportunity to do so, which is good. It makes you kind of feel like you're not the only one kind of doing it. You can learn from each other. And this is exactly what this whole uh, podcast is about as well, is to share those kind of stories with each other. So speaking of which, Voldemar, take us back to where you were at, because you've told me what this story is going to be. Tell us when you started doing logo and branding design for clients what that process looked like um, and, and get into the crux of the problem that any eventuated as a result of doing that particular way of, of logo design. Yeah, my story is a little bit rocky, to be honest, because I didn't I didn't study specifically graphic design. And um, and I often, I did learn the, how to use the, the, the software like Photoshop and Illustrator and all this stuff. And I really liked that. But I often found myself in situations where I had a friend and they needed a, a logo. And that's where I presented options. You know, um, you know I, I think this will help and this and that. But I, I quickly found, because I was trying to remember when was the last time that I presented, <laughs> presented lots of options. Um, and I quickly realized that it was kind of problematic not necessarily the client knows what they need or what will work for them for those specific goals. Then later I understood that you're not, you're not just designing pretty things. You are trying to help this business grow or, or achieve whatever their goals are. And, um, and for that reason, I quickly shifted to just presenting this one option. So, take us back maybe a step before this of what what was that problem though like if, if presenting so many logos what were, what were you finding was it something in your own process that you felt like it was it was too much or was it the client pushback of not being able to decide decide on what logo to kind of choose when you gave several options like what what was happening there what was the actual kind of problem there of, of presenting so many logos yeah i think i think there were there are two main things the first one was the, what you mentioned that the the client couldn't decide, right? And and that surface, I, I kind of disconnect from from your process and the client, to be honest. Like something yeah. was missing in that process, and when the time came to decide which logo should they use, they just couldn't decide. Or the 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 worst part could be. Like I want this part of this logo, or and that part, and mesh them together and create a Frankenstein. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, so, yeah. so that's not ideal because then you ended up um, with a with a logo that you you personally were were not satisfied with that, and um, and probably what I after after several years the the client would actually change the logo because it wouldn't work. And um, and I think it it it, it also like um, how do you say this like subtract yourself. You you can let me let me think about this. 
it also like it doesn't presents you like the expert like the one that you actually know what you're doing and um it, it removes that option from their minds and it takes it, it, you you're kind of throwing the throwing the ball to them to decide where you should be the one helping them um decide on the logo or just presenting this one option and so when you you did notice that problem what was the what was the first thing you thought to yourself like what like what was the steps that you took to then go okay this isn't working was it asking other kind of designers what you needed to do or was it just trial and error that you happily stumbled upon the answer of why don't i just do one like what was that kind of process like for you to to shift to just one logo yeah that that i think it was i'm i'm the kind of guy that when when I present, I see a problem, I try to fix it right away, and um, and when I see when I saw that hesitation and, and all those obstacles, I just okay, I'm gonna just present one, but of course I need to make them part of the process beforehand. So you you can't go, you can just go and present just one logo. Hey, thank you know this is the logo. Hope you like it. If not, <laughs> yeah. um, I can't do anything for you. Like before that, there's a lot of stuff that that you need to do. First, I think you you have to make sure that you take yourself out of the equation. And what I mean by what I mean by that is that your own subjective um, thoughts or tr- trends that you're seeing right now or your opinion is not is not necessarily what the client needs or what the industry dictates you should you should half as a logo and um so you have to remove yourself your ego and and the the thing you want to try um from the logo process in my opinion um and then mm-hmm. uh yeah you were say you were going to say something no 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 i was just agreeing <laughs> no, I, I, I like where you're going with this yeah and then um you have to understand what your client clients need and want and what they want um so Sometimes a client can ask you for a logo, but maybe they, they don't need a logo right away. Maybe they need to fix some other things. And, but if, if we keep on, on, the, on the logo part, you, know, you, you have to try and align with the client before creating that, that logo. For example, I use mood boards or, or some people can call it uh, stylescapes. And I try to present them options of maybe how the logo would look and you have to be really communicative with your client. Like you, you, this, this is not designed for you. This is some logos that I've seen on the internet. And I, and I think it really aligns with what we already have talked about. Do you like this or not? Do you think this is valuable? I think this one represents more what you need. What are your thoughts? So, so to get that alignment before creating that logo is crucial. Um, it has been crucial for me. I think that's a, a fantastic way of going about it to take the subjectivity out of it and make it objective, which is hard for a lot of us as designers to do, especially when we're making our own logos as creatives. But even for a client to do, because it's their own, it's their own baby, it's like their own business, especially if they're a founder. Um, so to to make it more objective across the board for you, both yourself and for your clients, it's really getting down to, as you said, what 
the need is versus what the want is. They might want the prettiest logo ever and it you know, does all these you know, amazing things for them, but what they really need is something that you know, a client of theirs or a customer of theirs is going to see them as whatever they need to be seen as, depending on whatever the position needs to be for that you know, brand of what they've communicated to you, what their goal is and all the rest of it. So it's such a great way of approaching it. And then in my mind, like, and whether or not you agree with this is my thinking with one concept is, A, it's it's not complicating it and you're being much more focused on one solution as being the way based on it aligning with, be it the brief or whatever the business goals are. If you did a brand strategy to begin with, then what, you know, all those different positioning and communication strategies and, and all those kind of bits that come with it, if that aligns with it, because it should, you should be able to present one logo and say, this ticks all the boxes. It, we don't really need to explore a different way of going about it. Many designers would come up with a different solution because that's just inherently, you know, our style that we would approach it differently in terms of an aesthetic option. Yeah. But if, if a client sees that and they can be walked through why this fits the brief and solves the problems that it was made to solve, it should only be one option. I, I guess having said that though, there are in that uh, iterative process to get to that one result is that you do have the opportunity to show different directions, to get a sense of what and consider what that client is uh, looking for what appeals to their nature so that they, at the end of the day, would be proud to wear it on their shirt or to give it across on a business card. You know, if, if something's just abhorrently against what they like, like let's just say, for instance, at a really granular kind of um, <laughs> personal choice level, they hated the color purple and you show, you know, a, a direction of purple, like that right there is just one option off the table. You're getting to a solution, which is a good thing. So that if you, you're not showing final things to, to begin with, you're including them in that process, um, it gives you the option to windle it down to one option rather than creating several final options and then having to pick which door you want to go through, you know, and have, as you said, well, Damara, in your example of a client making a hybrid mishmash, which I've had, it turned out for the best, but it's happened where a client's taken one bit from one and another bit from another one. And it's like, okay, great. If you're happy with that, I'm happy with that personally. It does solve the the problem there and let's go for it. If it didn't in that kind of instance, I'd probably recommend that maybe we need to do a revision in some way, shape or form dependent on the inclusions in that agreement that we had. But, you know, at the end of the day, you should be confident in yourself as a designer that you can go into that meeting with that client to talk them through that one solution as the solution for them. Um, and they hopefully up until that point will trust you enough to take it and go, yep, I might not like it initially. And this is probably why I frame the conversation every time before presenting it and showing the deck or whatever I, I take them through. I always say, you, I don't expect you to, and I don't really want you to love this initially. It's probably not going to happen. Um, we're adverse to change, and we, we're not so crash hot on new things, but there are instances where you can just love it because it you can see that it hits all the boxes. Um, 
but invariably I've had clients sleep on it over a couple of nights, come back to them and they go, yep, I'm happy to go ahead with this. Yeah. And that's it. I don't know if that's been the same experience for yourself. Yeah, I've had both of your experiences where people um, or clients really love the logo from the first time they saw it. Um, but but again, it's because I've nurtured that, that, that logo before. Like beforehand, we've been talking about it and I wanted to add something about the the color purple, for example, that you that you use. Um, yep, sometimes, yep. yeah, the client doesn't like purple, for example. But if purple is actually the best option for them, I try I try to explain them to them why is that a good option. Um, and like for example, yeah, but we we understood together in in research that people in your industry, the clients that that want your service or product really like purple or really are going to be attracted by by that color. So once a client understand that and understand the why um, the logo has that color or these uh, these curves or this um, this thing that 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 um, differentiates it from from other logos, then the client will, will justify it to themselves and explain that to other people that may come also which is really dangerous too that other people that may come yeah. and say yeah but i really don't like that little thing that has the, that that logo has right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um and but the other part of presenting just one logo is the actual presentation i think i think it's really powerful to show the logo where, beautifully first of all and where is this logo going to live and how it will help them um, differentiate them from other competitors and and help people identify them. So if yeah. you create beautiful mockups and make sure that, that that logo looks so good, so crispy, and they can imagine how their life will be with that logo, that's a great way to, you know, uh, set yourself for success. And like, I, I always wonder, and I'm sure that someone will do some kind of study about this, one day for for logo designers benefits to justify whether or not one logo is definitely the right way to go is that when you're presenting something be it selling something marketing something advertising it um or, or helping someone with whatever it might be in the terms of a certain solution if you're not 100 percent committed to that delivery that product that solution that service whatever it is then how can you expect the person at the other end to be wholeheartedly believe in you that you know and and have that same confidence because if you're presenting two things then you're not exactly presenting the one thing that they need to get behind you're you're giving them two different divergent ways about it or they could be very similar but you're not sold on either one you want to make someone else you know the person that needs to be convinced of it and which way to go and it's not presenting something as you know forthright and 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 confident as it should be because you should be convinced that this is what it needs to be exactly and my kind of thing is if 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 i'm not if i'm not 100 percent sold on what i'm doing i'm not going to put it forward in front of a client because you can sniff it out that you're not convinced yourself and so how can you expect someone else to be um, that it's hitting. So if you're doing only one concept, it needs to like, you need to do your diligence, due diligence to look back at everything that's been said and go, okay, 
is this purposeful? Is this hitting this? Is is there some kind of maybe meaning here if, if it needs it or whatever it is that just makes it make sense? Um, like it, it, it always should have been and always will be this solution um, rather than having to think about what it could be. You know, what if we did things differently, would it come out as a different result? Like it should have always come to this as an end solution. Um, I'm always a, a big believer in fate as well. So I always think that everything that I'm kind of designing here was meant to kind of be in some way, shape or form. And I'm not the, of the mindset to rush that process. If I don't feel like it's going to come through today, I'm not going to touch it because it just doesn't feel like it's, I'm going to produce something that is less forced. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it, so, it's a funny thing, but yeah, that's so, so, so true, Frank. Like, like if, if you don't believe that that's the, the best option, you shouldn't present that. And I think when you show like only two options, I, I, I've heard people that show more options, but let's talk about two. You're, you're, you're sending a, an underlying message, an unconscious message, message that you yourself are not that sure, or you yourself are are not giving it the, the importance and you're just throwing it out there to see if the client the client likes it. So you're not positioning yeah. yourself as the expert. Yeah, exactly. I, I always think back to this story that I heard Sagi Haviv say about the, the agency that he um, co-owns um, and operates. And I think this was before he joined that uh, agency, but they designed the Chase Bank logo in America and they presented it to, to, I think it was either the chairman or the CEO yeah. of the company at the time and and he hated it yeah. and, and was so against it and was like, oh, this is the worst thing ever, but kind of accepted it and was like, okay, whatever. And then like a few years later, you see him proudly wearing the pin on his shirt and everything and wants to tell everyone in it, yeah. <laughs> anyone about, about it. So it can grow over time and I just think that's the adverse reaction to things that we see that are changed and logo designers aren't in the clear for this every time you see a new logo we're the first to really <laughs> say something about it and and downtrod it before we even know the context <laughs> and and everything about it so i guess it's also one of those things that if you do present one logo and the client's not too sure about it you know ensure that you've shown context of why it works but then also how it can work with you know mock-ups and all the rest of it to so really give it some love and attention exactly. so you are painting a, a great picture but then also the, the age-old one is oh i showed this to my spouse or to a friend of mine that does a bit of this kind of stuff and they weren't so sure about this whatever but they then weren't privy to the conversations that were had about what the direction meant you know, the context involved of why this is doing what it needs to do um, and it can be an absolute uh, pitfall of that process and I'm sure that if that's something that you've ever experienced yeah I'm sure you can feel me there but if, if it hasn't then uh, I try, I, <laughs> good, good for you that it hasn't <laughs> it has I try to play I, I try to play judo with them like kung fu, I, or kung fu I don't know the, the exact art but <laughs> I try to say like Oh yeah, I understand that. Um, I, let me ask you a question. How is that? Do you think it's going to help us do what you're trying to achieve? And normally, you know what? Like a hundred percent of the time, they say, mm, "Not really. I don't think so." And then, or I, I try to say, like, "Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I think it's, it will be confusing." For example, and um, in, in the case, 
I try to what you said, try to get them to why we made the decisions that that we made. And I, I really I, I really like that you touch on Segi Habib because I've heard the story of, of Chase and I think he they they start every local presentation by saying it's never love at, at first sight. And that was that's yeah. super interesting because that's supposed to be true because forms and shapes we normally like um our brain tries to compare them with uh, with things that we already know and when mm-hmm. when we present it with a shape or or form that is not it's not normal for us we kind of hate it at the same uh, at the first time oh, i don't like yeah. it we fight it and because we can't compare it with 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 other things that are that are um, in our knowledge but and I think that's what happened with the Chase logo. He couldn't compare compare it with anything, and after yeah. after the fact, he learned to love it because he understood um, the the uses and, and whatever made him change his yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah, that's a brilliant point to make. And on that note, I'm going to finish the conversation here because I think that's that's because we could probably talk about this all all day every day. Definitely, <laughs> this yeah. is what we this is our bread and butter. So I'll, I'll leave the conversation there and and definitely say that we could uh maybe talk about this again on another episode um, and bring you back on the show and we can delve into some maybe other some other anecdotal kind of stories that you have i'm sure about logo design and branding and all the rest of it so um waldemar thank you so much for coming on two red chairs i hope this was a good experience for you it was a, the, the best experience like thank you so much all right, I'm back here. This is Frank, just in case you you didn't know. Uh, so that was my chat with Waldemar Perez, all the way from Puerto Rico. The interesting thing is I, I didn't touch on this, was that when we had our chat on Clubhouse, which is how I met Waldemar, and he'd been following me for a while, so I'm sorry, <laughs> mate, if you listen to this and I hadn't followed you back until now. Um, but we started chatting on Instagram after that call, and he, he sent all these audio messages, you know, we did audio messages back and forth to chat, and the sounds in the background of this environment of Puerto Rico, you could just hear it coming through of birds and kind of like a rainforesty vibe. I was like, man, this is amazing. Unfortunately, I didn't hear it in, in the call there, but uh, it was so great having him on. I can so much align, and I'm sure you can, many of you who are listening to this, align with this Um problem of, of presenting maybe too many concepts to our clients and and having you know problems there and then even you know if you've experienced switching it to one concept and seeing the benefits of that to go whole you know hog into one into one concept so that you're you know you're driving your confidence in that one direction to give your clients some confidence so anyway that was my chat to find Waldemar if you want to connect with him he shares a lot of his branding work a lot of it's in Spanish, but you can get a gist of what he you know, creates here, and he, he can speak very good English, as you've also heard. Um, so please do connect with him. To find him on Instagram is um, at W-A-L-D-E underscore brands. Um, it'll be in the show notes as well if you want that as a reference, but uh, heck of a guy, really personable, um, very engaging to talk to. And we had a good chat after off air um, about some things going on in our own design lives so uh, i'm looking forward to having him back on the show one day very soon Um, but if you want to be like waldemar you want to come in and sit on the red chair figuratively not literally obviously Um, happy to have you on here and share that story i really want to hear your story and so do every other listener 
that is listening along with you. So with that, if you want to find me on at G'day Design Life, send me a message and I would love to have you on the show. We can find a time and, uh, and do that real soon. Until next time, I will see you in the next episode. Bye.